0: evening. Um, just wanted to give you a little bit of a heads up of what to expect tonight. Obviously, we come celebrating Good Friday, but a few thousand years ago, this wasn't a good night. It wasn't a night that, that people were excited about. In fact, it was fairly shocking, and they weren't prepared for it necessarily, even though Jesus had proclaimed it over and over again. And so we are asking for this room to be a bit quieter, not because we're trying to create some kind of emotional response, but instead we want to allow yourselves to experience the emotions that God would want for you to, to experience in a way that would bring you to bring um, to glory, glorify Him. A couple of disclaimers: If you have uh, some just some jitters or you need to get out, there is no problem with going outside, having a conversation. Uh, we would ask that you would spend time praying. If you have your kids in here, please don't be afraid to talk to them and teach them about what's happening tonight and what we're doing and why we're doing it. That's a, that's a very important thing. Don't be afraid to ask someone else for prayer. Don't be afraid to um, spend some time praying, ignoring the music. You're not gonna, we're not actually gonna sing but one song today. And so most of this time is reflection. You've been given hopefully a little piece of paper that has some scriptures. So if you don't have a Bible, I would encourage you to get up and go grab one um, or use your phone so that you can spend some time reflecting there. At any moment, you are welcome to spend time praying together. You're welcome to, to exit and just go be somewhere else with someone if you want to. We are expecting and hoping great things for tonight because tonight begins something that we so often rush to Easter, to Resurrection Sunday. We so often rush to the, to the, the resurrection of life and, and we, we forget just how important this death is. And, and my hope is tonight that you guys would also realize that there's, there's, there's a dying that needs to happen for us as well a dying that, that maybe, maybe we've lost sight of. And so um, if, you, uh, if you would, would you join us as we sit in a spot of the in-between? We're gonna ask some big things of you tonight in hopes that it will help you get a little bit more out of resurrection on Sunday. You don't have to take part in any of these things, um, but again, just be respectful of others. Um, thank you so much for being here. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for, thank you for giving us the ability to, to gather. Thank you for allowing us to be here together with kids and families and friends. God, I pray that we would um, see you tonight and see you alone. We'd see uh, through a very ugly and painful and horrifically seemingly terrible event. We can see the hope on the end. But God, I pray that we wouldn't rush to that hope. Allow you to speak through us in the ways that you need to speak through us and in us and to us tonight, Lord. Um, I pray for the kids that are in here that they would see um, you in a more glorifying way today. And Lord, I pray for those that rushed from work that maybe are trying to to check their minds out for the weekend. God, I pray that you would just, just empty, just silence their minds. Would you speak to us, Lord? Would you show us you? Would you allow us to, maybe for the first time ever, even though we've heard this over and over and over again, to experience it in a way that brings more glory to you. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna give you just a, a couple minutes just to think on that, to spend some time like purging your mind of what maybe has come this way, maybe what's distracted you, maybe what you are thinking about what needs to be done before tomorrow. Just spend a couple minutes, maybe explain to your kids Okay, now that you have an idea that there's gonna be a quiet room, you need to have a conversation with your kids, that's great. Um, But let's just spend a couple minutes reflecting on that. One word I want you to to reflect on and that's brokenness. When I I say that word, many of us have, our minds automatically go to what we view brokenness as. Brokenness definition, the kind of the best one I found is an idea of uh, that it's a reduced to fragments or torn apart or not correctly working except for the way that it plays out for us is that we experience the brokenness. We see the brokenness in this world. We, see our bro- we hear of broken English or, or broken, broken finances or broken relationships. We experience brokenness over and over and over again. And even though a lot of us in here probably profess to follow Jesus Christ, we still seem, seemingly walk around with this brokenness. We, we see it. We, we see the broken relationships. We see our propensity to operate in brokenness, whether it's a painful brokenness or just a seemingly annoying brokenness, but it's something that all of us experience. And I, and I want to I help us understand one thing that's incredibly important for us to, to recognize is that, is that apart from Christ, there is nothing but brokenness. Apart from Jesus Christ, you're not good. You do not bring anything to the table except more brokenness. In fact, Romans three ten through 18 says this. There is no fear of God before their eyes. A little bit further down into 20, verse 23, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's our reality apart from Jesus Christ. That is yours and my reality apart from Jesus Christ. Yet most of us or, or many of us in here have experienced the hope of Jesus Christ, but yet we still can't seem to shake this brokenness. We still can't seem to shake the fact that we feel broken. We experience brokenness in our relationships and in our life. It's incredibly important for us to understand just the depravity before Christ so we can understand the joy and the hope after Christ. Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, sets the image very very well for us. The state of our being, no matter what our background is. Whether you were raised in the church, we had a very long, difficult, horrible road that led to Christ. Both of us, both of those situations before Christ were very... Very, very short of the glory of God. So, what do we do with the fact that those of us that experience Christ still experience brokenness? We still feel brokenness. Our hope is tonight that if you wouldn't rush to resurrection, you would actually understand that there is something to be done with that. And it culminates on the cross. So, what I want you guys to do is spend some time. You hopefully got a handout, it's also on the screen here. Part one are some scriptures. These are scriptures that talk about literally the, the state of who we are apart from Christ. I want you just to reflect on those, read those. We have Bibles in the back of the room. You're welcome to use your electronic device. Reflect on those things. And then maybe for some of you, it's, 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 it's not enough to just reflect, but you need to write down some of these things that you're still operating in. Um, at the foot of the cross back here is some pens and some paper. I would love for you guys at some moment here to go grab those as well. But let's spend some time reflecting on these scriptures and spend some time praying. Thank you.
1: Sometimes we are uh, too quick to get to a happy ending in a story that we already know. And when we do that, um, sometimes we can forget that uh, there is something to experience in the sadness and the understanding of what it is that in this particular story, in this particular thing that Jesus went through. Um, sometimes we forget that uh, Jesus being fully human meant that he experienced what each thing had in its painful reality for him as as he went to the cross in the process of mockery and beating and physical torment, all those things. Sometimes we forget that um, this wasn't just something that Jesus quickly skipped over, Um, that there was such a thoroughness to our brokenness that in his breaking for us, there was a thoroughness that Jesus um, was thoroughly rejected by people. Jesus, having one of his best friends in the whole world and Peter literally say he doesn't even know him. And think about it, in a time in your life where you're about to go through the worst thing you've ever experienced. And then the people that you're the closest to, they can't even acknowledge that they know you. His family members treat him as if he isn't who he really is. He's rejected by this large crowd of people who welcomed him into Jerusalem less than a week before. And as soon as their expectations weren't met in the kind of Savior that Jesus was, they decided that instead of yelling out, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest, they would yell out, crucify him. It's such a flip, such a rejection that Jesus is experiencing in that moment that it tells us something about our present brokenness. It tells us about what we should have experienced and didn't. That's just the social end. That's just the part of Jesus that as a social person, he's experiencing thorough rejection. But he's also experiencing the thorough torment. If you can imagine this for just a moment, some of us when we realize our sin and have the weight of realizing how badly you screwed up. In that moment, that weight is so strong. Now imagine all of the sin in the entire world on the shoulders, in that feeling in your gut when you realize and you feel the thing that you've done wrong. And then picture Jesus experiencing this sense and torment of sin after never having done it. It was such a thorough experience for him in that moment when we should have. I mean, even the briefest amount have we understood the real weight of our sin, that brief amount on our own shoulders would have been an experience for us that was overbearing. But he literally shouldered all of them. And he thoroughly, thoroughly was physically put through and put into a place that any of us would consider to be, (laughs) horrible is the wrong word. The Romans intended the cross to be horrible. The Romans intended for fear to be the emotional response from the cross when people saw it. Now we know, we know that because of Jesus, the cross doesn't mean what the Romans intended. It means what Jesus intended. See what the Romans meant for fear Jesus turned around and he made it into a place where we get to see victory. But on that day, on that day, there was fear. There was Jesus experiencing what it was like to have people whom he knit together inside of their mother's womb use the ability to lift their own arm that he is giving to them in that moment to take a whip back and to snap it onto him. He is holding together the hands that are holding a hammer that are putting nails into his wrists, bumping up against nerves in his hands. And if Jesus wants a breath, he has to literally lift himself up to get it. But it wouldn't have mattered anyway because literally all aspects, all parts of his flesh have been torn by this beating that he experiences before even getting to the cross. It is insane to think that the thorough mocking of Jesus the thorough rejection of Jesus, the thorough torment of sin that Jesus feels and the thorough physical beating that Jesus experiences is our punishment. It was on us and he took it. And so because of that, when we think about the cross, when we come and we nail our sins and ourselves and say, I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. As we get there tonight, take this time right now to think about this. It's too easy to forget that Jesus in his humanity experienced experienced thorough punishment that he experienced the fullness of what we deserved as we reflect in Isaiah 53 and Matthew 27 take some time to read what that means take some time to read what Jesus experienced and then we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more Sometimes we tend to think of the idea that Jesus died for my sin. Um, But in reality, Jesus died for me, that my sin was what was separating me from him. Because of what Bren talked about earlier, Jesus dying for me meant that his brokenness would eventually lead to my wholeness. His brokenness for my brokenness leads to my wholeness. When we talk about Good Friday, the thing that Jesus is intending for us to think about, I believe, as we sit here today, is that this is not just about repentance from sin, This is about rebirth. This is not just about letting go of what I've done wrong. This is about letting go of me. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live. When Jesus looks at his disciples and when he looks at us and tells us this thing, he says, come and die. The invitation to come and die is not an invitation of great sacrifice for us as it may seem at first. In reality, the invitation is one where we get to give up something terrible, our brokenness, and we get to receive back from Jesus something wonderful in wholeness. That is not fair. It's not just that we didn't bring anything to Jesus, okay? We don't come to Jesus and just bring him no gift. We come to Jesus and we bring him our stuff. We bring him the bad and he takes it and he gives to us good. As we in a moment, go and we nail our sins to the cross as a symbol of Jesus taking them from us. I want us to think through it a little differently this year. I want us to think through this. Don't just put the things that you've done wrong on that piece of paper. Put on that piece of paper who you think you are. Put on that piece of paper, things that are markers for your own identity, things that you hang your hat on, things that you like about yourself, things you don't like about yourself, put your sin on there. Put all the things that you can think of that for you are your life, things for you that are your existence, your identity. And then in boldness, write your own name on that piece of paper and don't just give your sin to Jesus but give yourself to Jesus. He will take away the sin, but he has so much more for you than just that. So as you nail to the cross, there's pieces of paper, there's, there's a pen back, here. there's pens back here. Whenever you're ready, write down those things that are markers for you. Who am I outside of Christ? And put them on the cross as a symbol of literally dying to self, of letting go of yourself. It's a nice sentiment to think, man, I just want to let go of my sin. But what would it look like to not just repent of your sin tonight, but to realize just how thorough Jesus has been in making us new. After you have nailed that to the cross, um, in the back we have pieces of bread, please, tear off small pieces the intention was the pieces were larger so that we understood that the breaking of Jesus' body which is symbolized by that bread that we understand that we participated in that breaking that our sin, our struggle, ourselves participated in the breaking of Jesus and so tear off small pieces of bread and when you're done with all that come back and sit pray, reflect and we're going to take it together when Brent comes back up but let's go ahead for now. If you don't have a piece of paper and a pen, reflect, who am I? Who am I? There's paper and pens in the back. Let's reflect.
0: As you finish nailing your stuff, um, your name, your identity to the cross, if you haven't yet grabbed the bread from the back, please do so and grab some. It's it's incredible to think, really, um, when we come to a a Good Friday experience, most of us see it as good because we view it much like a funeral. And and the thing about a funeral is that we we know that the person is dead, and then we spend most of our time um, mourning that as well, but also celebrating their life. And on this Friday, there wasn't any real celebration yet. In fact, instead, the, the, the worst happened, which they, they watched Jesus die. If you've ever experienced someone battle an illness as you watch them die, in a lot of ways, it's a lot harder to see the, the, the breaking down of the body, to experience that. That's an image that, that is almost impossible to replace at times. And the disciples watched Jesus die they watched him be beaten they watched him be broken torn down to a spot where he wasn't recognizable and for us it's it's easy for us to 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 look back at that day and go oh man i, I can't believe he did that and then to move right on to but thank thank god he did that so that i can be alive and 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 just move right past that and so we we wanted to to pause for a moment. We wanted to have you guys, if you're willing, hang in the balance with us, which is the reason why there's, there's only bread back there and no juice. The juice that symbolizes Jesus' blood being spilled for us. It's, it's a symbolization where the life is in the blood. It's, it's, it's the covering of our sins. It's the what makes us whole. But like the disciples those years back, they didn't experience that wholeness. And so when you grab the bread, we ask you to tear it because in a way, we wanted you to recognize that you tearing the piece, you you breaking that apart is not only breaking the body of Jesus, but agreeing with the fact that his body had to go through what it did for you to be made whole. The tearing is, is not just something that you get to look at and say, thanks for doing that. Instead, it's agreeing, Jesus, I did that to you. My Sins, my identity, my entire self that I have now hammered to the cross is the very one that was hammering those nails into your, to your body. The very one that was spitting on you and mocking you. You took part in that, I took part in that. Our brokenness being replaced with the breaking of a perfect, sinless man so that there could be some form of life Romans 6, three through four says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death. Galatians two twenty, you hopefully said at the cross as I have been crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live. Both of those scriptures have a massive comma on them talk about the life that we can have, but there is no newness of life if you don't die. And that brokenness I talked about at the beginning of the day, when you guys came in here, I said, we all care about that brokenness. If we continue to see ourselves identifying by the brokenness that we have, we've missed the fact that that we got to skip the cross and walk into the tomb with Jesus Christ, only to walk out with him three days later. And so we want you guys to, to hang in the balance. We're we're inviting you guys to, to sit in the middle the way that those disciples did, the two walking on that road. Jesus shows up, their first words were, we had hoped, believing fully that they were wrong. The hope that they thought they had in Jesus was misplaced, only to find out very shortly after that it wasn't misplaced. It was very much founded, true, and right. And so when... Jesus, the night before he's, be, before he's imprisoned, he, he breaks the bread at a very opportune time, and we'll talk more about this on Sunday, but he breaks it at a very opportune time, essentially saying that he is the perfect body. He is the unleavened bread that they've all so needed. He's that perfect sacrifice. And by, by you taking of the bread, not only are you doing it in remembrance of his body that was broken for you, but you're agreeing Hear me on this. You are agreeing. You are, you are celebrating. You are, you are proclaiming that his body had to be broken like that and that you played a part in it, that you were part of it. And Jesus broke that bread and says, this is my body. It's broken for you. It's broken for you. Take of it, eat of it in remembrance of me. similar to those disciples being somewhat dumbfounded by the audible Jesus called in a very traditional dinner when he broke the bread. We wanna, we wanna dumbfound you a little bit and, and call an audible. We're gonna invite you guys to do something that, that some of you physically will not be able to do, and that's okay, there's ways you can do it. But we're gonna invite you guys to fast. We're gonna, we're gonna invite you to, to let the, the dryness of your mouth be the body of Jesus Christ until it's quenched the pouring of his blood and the symbolization of the juice on Resurrection Sunday. And so if you are able, if you are able, and again, physically you may not be able to, if you physically can't do it, then I would encourage you or challenge you to drink nothing but water so there's no flavored drink that hits your mouth until you take of the blood of Jesus Christ on Resurrection Sunday. And tomorrow, if you are clamoring for that coffee, if that's what you choose, or breakfast, you take that time instead to reflect on Galatians two twenty and Romans 6, three through four. You reflect on the fact that now you get to watch yourself die. Not that you're dead and although some of you have made this commitment to Christ many years ago, but again, you still walk with brokenness as if you've been standing by the tomb for a long time looking in as if that was enough. Instead, I wanna, I wanna challenge you guys to, to not eat, to fast. And every time you hunger, you hunger for righteousness. Every time that stomach growls and you go to grab the, the almost natural experience of opening the fridge without even thinking about it. Instead of opening the fridge, you'd open the scriptures. Instead of, instead of, feeding your stomach, you would feed your soul and recognize that you need to once and for all allow your name to stay on that cross so that you can walk out of the tomb with Christ on Resurrection Sunday and you no longer believe the lie that you have to live in a broken state because of the thoroughness of Jesus' brokenness. We can be thoroughly whole, completely redeemed. There's, a, there's another time that broken's used in the scripture and it's a broken and contrite spirit. It's a, it's a, it brings honor. God loves a broken and contrite spirit. And that, that brokenness isn't actually the brokenness we're talking about. It's a humbleness. It's a humility. Some of you have been standing outside of the tomb. You have the stench of death on you, but you won't walk into the grave. You won't be resurrected with Christ because you believe that you're good. You believe you brought anything to the table. You brought something. It's time to humble yourself. Allow yourself to be broken before the Lord so that He can make you whole. We're going to sing here in a second one song. And we, just like communion, have withheld certain parts of the song because we want you guys to to experience the brokenness. Again, not to entice some form of emotion, but instead I just want you guys so badly for the next 37-ish hours to spend nothing but thinking about what the disciples would have been thinking about, so that when Jesus all of a sudden shows up on scene, which we all know, you realize that He is not walking out alone, He's walking with you. It's you coming out of the gray once and for all. And you can live in a broken world, not as a broken person anymore, but whole, complete, thoroughly done. Let's worship. that we can never understand what your son did for us on that day no matter how well we try to communicate that we will never understand the pain
1: the suffering and the sin the weight of sin that Christ took upon his shoulders for our redemption for my redemption
0: and God help us to never take it lightly
1: And as we continue to to look forward to Resurrection Sunday, God, I pray that you'll remind us of how much you love us,
0: of how much, what it costed you for our freedom, that it was free but not cheap, that your grace was never cheap. There was a price that you paid for it. God, we love you. Make us more and more like your son, Jesus. In your precious name we pray, amen.